All right, welcome back. I'm your host, Dan Lukowitz. We're here for another great episode of Dan on Top. Thanks for watching. Thanks for subscribing. Thanks for doing everything you do. Check out our new website we just launched, www.danontop.com. Should be pretty easy to remember. So, today we got an awesome guy. I told him yesterday, we talk on, on the reg, and I told him yesterday that he's going to be back on my show, and now it's my opportunity to get him back for putting me on the spot. So I'm going to put him on the spot. So without further ado, we've got my friend, my colleague, uh, a fellow podcaster or streamcaster, if you will, John Kasman, Investor Relations at Cam's, at Kasman Capital Group. Woo, that's a hard one. John, how you doing? I'm doing great, man. Thanks for having me, Dan. Yeah, awesome. I'm really glad you're here, and it's definitely my pleasure. So I just wanted to thank you for being here and want to jump right in. So let's get into a lot of different cool things in the syndication space uh, and commercial real estate, residential real estate, multifamily real estate. But before we do that, I, I love your content, man. Number one, I, I love I love your energy. I love your voice. You got a great radio voice. Tell us a little bit about the most important thing about you yourself. Who is this guy, John Kasman? Absolutely, man. Well, listen, I love being on the show. You got so much energy here, and this is something like I've never experienced being on this show and this platform. So I appreciate you sharing it with me and inviting me on. Uh, you know, John Kasman is a former corporate executive with a background in marketing and advertising who really wanted more flexibility in his life, wanted to have more control. And I went full time into real estate investing and working with other people to help them achieve the same kind of flexibility. So we have partnered with investors on over a thousand units. And we continue to find great deals to invest in. And we keep our eye on all things going on in commercial real estate. We try to make sure we're connecting with the right people, make sure we're educating people with our podcast, uh, Target Market Insights, with our content that we're posting on social media. And everything that we do is all about educating people to help them figure out how they can make the impact of life that they want to have. I love it. And this is hilarious because this is one of my best syndicator friends calling me right now, Ben Kogut from HJH. <laughs> I'm going to ignore you, Ben, but it's not because I don't love you. It's because I'm dealing with an awesome other syndicator named John Kasman. So, John, thanks for being here and, and telling us a little bit about yourself. I know you filled out our forms, right? I know you have some awesome questions because I make it easy for the host here on Dan on Top. Um, but I want to put those aside. I want to step up, buckle up, put on our big boy boots, and just talk real man-to-man. Okay, is that cool? Let's do it. All right, so tell me about the sickest deal you've ever done oh man you know what um i think the sickest deal sometimes that first deal because you gotta get going and that very first deal we did was a house hack we lived in one unit rented out the other for those who aren't familiar right so it's a great way to get started with real estate here's the thing that was amazing for us we did a lot of research on neighborhoods and Mm -hmm. lived in i lived in chicago at the time and in chicago out of 77 distinct neighborhoods there was only one that did not lose any value during the economic downturn. That neighborhood was North Center. So I didn't know very much about real estate investing at that time, but I figured that if this neighborhood was solid enough to get through that rough patch without losing any value, it must be a pretty safe place to invest. We we bought a two unit in North Center. That property appreciated extremely well and uh, really gave us the footing to build on its real estate career. I love it. And, you know, we've got a lot to, you know, relate to. We're both in the investment space. We both actually, I was joking with you yesterday, man. Like, 
I literally been following you around, right? You lived in Southfield. You lived in, in Metro Detroit. I live in Southfield. I live in Metro Detroit. You know, we have very similar backgrounds. I'll probably see you in, in, in wherever. You're in Chicago now? Where are you now? I'm in Cincinnati now. Cincy, I was in okay. Chicago for eight years. So, so yeah. I'll probably be moving to Cincy soon then to follow you. But but anyway, I love what you're <laughs> talking about with uh, with house hacking. I mean, I've done that too. This is actually a LinkedIn post I just made. This is a house that I am currently have listed for sale with Bella Brookenthal, who's an amazing, amazing realtor. This is my second house hack, and I love it because I'm about I'm buying my third this week. Um, I live in each of them for two to four years and sell them. No capital gains taxes because the law allows us to do so. Um, and you get to make some pretty cool, silly videos about them, which is awesome. So I agree with you that jumping in and doing things right away is probably one of the most important things because you know I've interviewed hundreds of people and they're all incredibly successful, at least most of them, are incredibly successful, right? And, and I ask a lot of questions, and a lot of them are the same. And one of the main themes, John, is, is, is taking massive action. I asked them what contributes to their success, and they said taking massive action. And I believe the same thing. If you don't jump in and start, right, you're never going to finish. So to everyone watching this, I challenge you. I don't care if you're an all-star or a super all-star or you're a beginner or a rookie or you know sixth man of the year on a five-man team. It doesn't matter, Okay. Get up, step up, strap up those boots, big boy, big girl boots, whatever you are, it doesn't matter, and take more action. Because if something that you're doing is working, the only thing that you need to do more is scale it, build better systems and processes, or put more inputs in by taking more action. So love that, man. That, that's great. And, and I know a lot of people can relate to that, that feeling, that excitement, that, that craving of, oh, man, I just made $50,000 on one deal, and then boom, the next day I made Boom, even more, right? And you just take that that feeling. I think that's what drives people. That's definitely what drives me, uh, one of the things at least. So I appreciate you sharing that. I, I want to talk something else I've been talking about, more in private, more on, on little small groups or with my mentees or you know, with, with small, um, 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 you know, small speaking engagements. But this is a streamcast, so this is being seen around the world. So let's just let the cat out of the bag, okay? I think, not I think, I know that cap rates in the multifamily space have been compressing for years, probably decades at this point, more than one decade, Okay, which is incredible because the bottom of the market was already maybe 12, 13 years ago. Now, if you're a syndicator, right, as you are, right, and you're putting, putting people into funds, right, my question is, how are you continuing to perform when cap rates are continuing to compress? Tell me about that, and then let's talk about what I think is coming next. Yeah, well, there are a couple of things. You know, cap rates are really a re- representation of demand. You know, it's demand for a property, demand for a location, demand for a period of time. So cap rates are really just representing the amount of demand that exists. It really doesn't have any bearings on actual performance because it matters the day you buy a property and it matters the day you sell a property. So if you're talking about cash flow and operations, that's how you're managing the property as you hold it. Well, now, when you're talking about buying a property and selling a property, obviously, the cap rate is going to be hugely important when it comes to the valuations that you have. So cap rates have compressed, as you mentioned. It's something that every operator, every investor is challenged with. And there are people who look at multiple sides of it. You know, it's more expensive to buy a property today. But look at the cost of capital. The cost of capital has continued to go down. And that's one of the reasons people are willing to pay a little bit more or pay or receive less in returns because they're not paying for the capital. If you can buy a property that costs $10 million and get a loan for 75% of that with only a 3% interest rate, you're only paying a 3% interest rate. That's less than what you're going to pay investors or other people anyway. So that cost of capital, it's leveraged. That cost of capital is so cheap that people are willing to pay a little bit more than they were 
in previous years. So I think you have that dynamic going both ways. The other thing that you have is you have everyone who is looking to find a place to park their capital. And I'm not just talking about U.S. investors, but global investors. And people love U.S. real estate because it's tangible. Uh, many of them are, are income producing properties. And it's something that people all around the world trust and believe in. And in a world where people don't trust their governments as much, you have inflation kicking in, you've got cryptocurrency coming off strong. People are trying to figure out where to put their money and commercial real estate is very attractive for a lot of people. With that said, I do think that there is a, you know, a tipping point where you say, hey, you know what? These returns are no longer worth the risk. And if I'm going to invest my money, I want to see better returns or I want to invest in a different asset class that isn't as competitive as you may see. Commercial multifamily is extremely competitive right now. So you are starting to see more and more people who are looking at alternative asset classes to invest in for similar returns, whether that's mobile homes, whether that's self-storage. And I know your favorite, retail. You know, there's definitely some great opportunities in that sector as well. So. I was going to say, enter net lease. It's interesting that you call me a retail guy because um, I, I do sell a lot of retail products, right? But retail is one sector of net lease, right? You've got retail, you've got medical, you've got industrial, you've got within retail, you've got, you know, maybe quick service restaurant, fast casual, casual dining, you've got pharmacy, you've got discounters like Dollar General, dollar stores, things like that. Um, you've got shopping centers, strip centers, malls, you know, neighborhood centers, power centers, out parcels, all that stuff. But you also have, you know, other types of of, of net lease as well. You know, you might have, um, you know, some I don't know, multi-tenant industrial. You might have. I'm just trying to think of some listings that I've got. Um, you might have urgent care. You might have hospitals. You might have multi-tenant. You know, medical. You might have uh, mixed use. You know, Ben who called and I, again, Ben Kogan, I love you and I'm sorry. And I'll see you on the 12th in August in at the Grand Hotel. But um, I, I, you know, he does a lot of suburban, you know, single and multi-tenant office. Okay, so so I was going to say enter net lease, not just retail, but all of those. Because why? Net lease provides an incredible solution, and that is security. Stability and corporate guarantees. Okay, so you have the security of the asset. Yeah, this is an asset that's typically on a main on main corner. Many times it's a hard corner, a lighted intersection. Right, it's a hard corner. It's like a you know hard corner, and there's a, a traffic light is a lighted hard corner, a lighted intersection, and um, you know there's a, a value to the dirt, which is not typically the case to such an extent with other forms of net lease and maybe a more tertiary market like maybe a Wendy's in Kennett, Missouri, for example. Um, hint, hint. Because in that case, it's it's a much more tertiary market. You know, it's not a main on main. It's not a corner. It's not a lighted intersection, et cetera, et cetera. But with these these secure, stable assets with corporate guarantees, you've got that security because the the land is worth a lot, the building's worth a lot. You've got the stability because the tenant's going to be there, right? They're a major corporation, and you know they're doing incredible sales volumes. You know, a, a multiple, many multiples of the the rent that they're paying, and then the security, right? They're 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 got a lease that's backed by tens, hundreds, or thousands of other units. So, John, if one of your buildings, you know, out of 100 units, 15 people move out, now you've got a 15% vacancy, assuming that, you know, the square footage is, is equal or unit, you know, bathroom, bedroom count is the same in every unit. And you might have to deal with evictions, you have to deal with management, lease up, you got to replace them. Here, if Walgreens moves out or they go dark, I'm still getting paid, right? Because every lease from Walgreens, if it's a corporate lease, you got to check that, talk to a good broker like Dan. Every single unit is on the hook 
from the corporation. So with syndications, I think, John, and I, again, I don't talk about this much publicly, but I'm probably going to start. So net lease syndications, I think, are the future because they provide the stability, the security, and they provide these national tenants with corporate guarantees in many cases. So I think that a, a you know, girl like you and a girl like me need to get together and you know link up and make a partnership, man. I think there's a lot of opportunity there. You just said a whole bunch of stuff, and I promise you, half of it went over everyone's heads. And it's just it's it's pretty complex, right? You talk about even something that sounds simple like hard corners, right? That's something that most multifamily investors don't think about. Don't know because yeah, they that don't care. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because what what multifamily guy is 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 buying? Oh, saying oh, it needs to be a hard corner lighted intersection. No, they're saying I want <laughs> exactly. to have high population density. I want to have high demand. I want to be able to reposition the asset, and I want to make sure that that maybe I'm buying at below market rents, and I want to get people in there. I want to make sure it's visible. It's just a different asset, and that's okay. And it is okay, and I think that's why it's so important too, because there's an education process. Most people understand apartments at the bare level of you understand that there's a resident who pays rent and there's certain bills that you have to pay. And as long as the rental income is more than all the bills you got to pay, that's the money you have left. And that's what you have available for profits and distributions. Right. And I think that more and more investors are getting sophisticated to understand maybe some of the more complex commercial real estate asset classes where they're not necessarily more complex. It's just, they're different. And as you said, you know, in some ways, they're much easier to manage or much easier to own than a multifamily building because you are dealing with the national tenant. You are dealing with corporations that have big funding and you're not dealing with so much, you know, flexibility or fluidity that may come in the marketplace. So it is much easier to work with the Walgreens and get guaranteed money from a That's big corporation. That's what you think they are such a difficult land, uh, tenant to work with. Well, but, but that relatively goes, but that speaking, goes actually to the, that goes well, to the point. That goes to the next piece, right? Because the point is, is that most investors wouldn't even know where to start. Where do you start if you if you are new and you just woke up today and said, I'll "You know, tell what? you where to I start." To Sorry to interrupt. www.danontop.com. That's where you start. There you go. There you go. So you start there. You start educating yourself, and part of that process is understanding that this is possible. You know, many people think about the trajectory that most investors, most real estate investors have. They decide they want to invest. And investing may mean a single family house. It might mean a duplex. It might mean something, but it's typically going to be in the residential space. Then they kind of graduate into multifamily, right? Recognizing they can own more of them. And then they start to expand to see self-storage, mobile home, retail, warehouses, all the other things that are out there. So I agree with you because multifamily has been so hot and syndication has been very popular now for a few years where I think you have a great amount of investors who are ready for the next thing who are looking for returns that are maybe a little bit better than what they've been getting in the multifamily space. And you do have maybe a wider audience that is willing to try something that's different that they haven't done in the past. So I, I think it's a great opportunity to explore something like that and to serve up a different option than what people are seeing today. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And I love what you're saying because it's so backwards. Okay. You're saying that, and all due respect, and I love you. You and this is to the point. Yeah. You're saying that people want maybe a better return, so they go to net lease. Net lease historically has been the lowest type of return of any type of commercial product, pretty much, right? But now the cap rates are so compressed in multifamily that, like you said, 
accurately now, but inaccurately for, for the time, but proving my point, is that now the cap rates are higher in some or many cases uh, in, in net lease than they are in multifamily. But, right, the security and the stability and the guarantee on the net lease is way better and way bigger. So it presents a unique opportunity. And, and I think that, you know, guys like us got to hook up and, and, and do deals because you bring a plethora of knowledge. You bring such great content. You bring an audience. You bring uh, people who you've helped, frankly, right? A lot of people. And you bring that all to the table and, and you partner up with a, a guy like me who, who just, I'm an expert in, in, all it is is I'm an expert in a different narrow focus. And when we take our expertise, John, and we put it together, bam, we can take it to the next level. So look, we've got one minute left. I want you to, in one minute, give us three pieces of advice, your top three pieces of advice to all the viewers of the Dan on Top show. Get started and do the easiest thing you can do to get started, whether that is passive investing, whether it's a house hack, whether it's working with someone like Dan, figure out what your risk tolerance is, push it just a little bit and get started. There is an easy way to get started with whatever it is you want to do. Find that path of least resistance so you can get a win on the table. I think that is the most important thing you can do. The second thing, subscribe to content that helps you get towards your goals. Listen to Dan on top. Listen to a show like mine, Target Market Insights. Following the right people on social media. Make sure you are surrounding yourself with the information you need to grow as an investor. And the third thing is be honest with yourself. What are your limitations? What are your challenges? Both from a time standpoint, a finance standpoint, what are the things that will hold you back from being successful? Figure out what those things are and focus specifically on overcoming those objectives so you can get those wins and move forward. Love it, man. That's sweet. Boom. Get started. Figure out your risk tolerance and take the path of least resistance. Brandon Hanna from Encore always says that, and it's totally true. Number two, subscribe to good content. Follow the right people. We're living in an era where you can choose your news, okay? Most countries don't have that, or many don't, and most people never had that growing up. Choose your news. Choose your content. Learn, grow, subscribe, like, follow, all that stuff. www.danontop.com. Follow great people like John. Number three, be honest. Be transparent. Be yourself. That's incredible. And just keep going, man. Keep going. So, John Kasman, Investor Relations at Kasman Capital Group. I got it this time. Thank you so much for joining us. I really appreciate it. I got one last thing to ask you. What's that, Dan? Raise your right hand. Are you willing to do that? Left one. Come on. Put it up. Put I'm it ready. Up. Now dance a little bit as we say goodbye. <laughs> I'm Dan Lukowitz. Right. That's John Kasman. This has been another great episode of Dan on Top. We look forward to seeing you soon.